Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I have seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time watching these episodes. Today, we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 16, Too Tough to Die. Director is Richard J. Lewis. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Elizabeth Elizabeth Devine. Original air date is March 1st, 2001. I, I will say that it took me most of the episode to figure out what the title was about. Okay. And then I think Sarah says it out loud and went, oh. She does, yeah. Uh, why didn't I get that? <laughs> this is a heavy episode. Fair warning, listeners. Heavy episode. We try to kind of keep it light. We try to, inter- you know, put in some jokes where we can. But uh, this is this is a bit of a heavy episode. So just just a fair warning now i might have to put a warning before the episode so here's your yeah. double warning there's some strong things that happen in this there's some very episode. strong things that happen in this episode so we do start off with scenes of the vegas strip though so i'm curious what the vegas score is because i don't know the length that we spend on the vegas was, strip but i know that we open on the vegas strip. yeah we got 13 seconds okay. two shots okay which is pretty like standard they're, they're hovering around that that like 12 second mark for the sort of Vegas mm-hmm. intro for a while. Yeah. Not doing as many cuts. Like early on episodes, they were cutting back and forth. Yes. So since it, those are both required, like part of the Vegas score, so we just barely hit a three, which is, I think we've been the last few episodes, but... I think you're right. We, uh, this is pretty weak in the three column. Yeah, I will tell you that we, the last five episodes were three, three, two, three, and zero. That was the one that opened up in the desert, I think. Yes, I think that was the desert. Yeah, there were zero scenes and zero seconds. But I will say, since we're mentioning the Vegas score, I've been kind of harping on this thing the last few episodes with all these extra Vegas location scenes and all these Mm -hmm. extra Vegas shots. They pulled back on that this episode. Yeah, we did not really get that. This feels much more like the first like 10 episodes where there was much less of that. So so there's there's no asterisk for this Vegas score either. And it definitely feels less Vegasy in the grand scheme. Yeah. I agree, especially compared to the last two episodes that were very Vegas, scenery yeah. heavy. This feels very removed from that. Yeah, those episodes reminded me of why I started tracking a Vegas score to begin with, because I mm-hmm. felt like they were like, just so you know, this is in Vegas. I want hey, you to know, this up. is in Vegas. And so they still do that at the beginning, but and they 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 chilled out a little bit, and I'll be curious to see how it how it plays out. Yeah, so we go to a parking garage, which could be anywhere, right? A parking yep. garage, pretty generic, could be anywhere. We're basically following a woman to her car. And I had to note this because I, I noticed this on the first watch. And then when I, so I watched it on Friday and then I watched it. Today is Wednesday. I keep wanting to say today is Thursday. It's not Thursday, it's Wednesday. And then, so when I rewatch it tonight, I, so this, okay. I've said this on the podcast before. I am non-binary, but I didn't realize I was non-binary until my late 30s so I spent the vast majority of my life living as a woman and as she's walking to her car there's a scene and I wonder if they do this on purpose where she's dangling her keys and all I can think of was 
this is a woman alone in a parking garage and she doesn't have her keys in the defensive position where you put them through the slots of your finger so that if someone were to attack you, you can stab them with your keys. Because I have been told so many times, like one of the things to do as a woman walking by yourself at night or in a parking garage or, you know, anything like that is, you know, you don't walk with your keys dangling. You walk with your keys between your knuckles so yep. that if someone attacks you, you can stab them. It's interesting. And I, I, will... I just felt like it was, they very pointedly show her, showed her dangling her keys. And I, I don't know if that's why they did that, but that's, that's what it said to oh. me was like, oh no, you're not holding your keys in the defensive position. You are just dangling your keys as you're walking by yourself at night. Do you want to hear a really interesting sort of aligned point to that? Mm. So I watched this episode today. I watched it yesterday. It was the mm-hmm. first watch. Okay. On mon- So Wednesday or Tuesday. Because on Monday, I went out. I went to a fundraiser for the Maui fires. Yes. It was very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But friends of mine came out. We ended up being there pretty late. And like I was like locked out of the parking garage the way I came in. I had to find another weird way in. Oh, I had no. no idea where I was. I was wandering around this parking garage. Oh, no. And there's nothing more vulnerable than being the only person in a parking garage, in a parking garage yeah. and realizing that any person, for any reason, could could try to accost me right now. Right. It feels it, it's like being in the desert or the wilderness. Is yeah. it's, it's like the it's the urban version of that. Nobody could hear you or see you or know right. something was going on. Yeah. And it it is very alarming. And and I. When I actually finally figured out where I was and where my car was, I didn't even unlock my car till I got there, even though I have a button on my yeah, remote. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to draw attention yeah. if there was somebody there, like yeah. some teenagers, you know, doing whatever, hanging out. And and, and maybe all they would do is harass me or somebody who could be like cause any you know commit any other crime upon me my persons or my belongings right right? Right. or somebody who might be just mentally unstable or somebody who might be desperate right Right. there's a million reasons why why you could be in an uncomfortable place but i was like i don't want attention right it's like this like keep your attention so i saw that scene and i almost got like flashbacks watching this after being alone in a parking garage at midnight and no one around and thinking like i don't think anyone's even been in this parking garage for the last half hour yeah that like this one's walking through and she's like jingling her keys and i'm thinking like i would not be making extra noise no, no. you're not trying to scare away cats here you're trying to <laughs> not draw attention to humans yeah yeah and so i was i thought it was really funny that you brought that up because i was thinking about whether i was going to bring that up myself that I, I i had been in this parking garage and i felt like god i just it's so weird being alone in a parking garage late at night and and I don't know how much of that is TV shows like this that I grew up with, where there's always people being attacked in parking garages or like in the back seat of your car. You got to check, make sure no one's yes. no one's back there. Yes, actually, did we have a have we had a bag over the head from the back seat of a car? Wasn't that an early episode? No, we had someone shot from the back seat, oh, like okay. from yeah, the yeah. back seat of the car, but not not a bag over the head. Yes, so, like the, I know what you did last summer style. Yeah. So sadly, we then see her being attacked at her car. So she gets to her car and someone comes up behind her and attacks her. We then pop on over to a couple driving. They find her body on the side of the road, realize she is alive. And which is quite a quite a different take 
as uh, this is the 16th episode that we've watched, and this is the first real case with a, well, actually second, because we had the kidnapping victim. Yeah. The kidnap, quote-unquote kidnapping victim. But they didn't find her. She was just missing, right? No, they found her. She was buried alive. Well, not, buried not alive. to start the episode. Not to start the episode. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So we then go to Sarah Grissom, Nick, and Jim Brass at the scene. Obviously, the woman is no longer there, but they are they are at this crime scene. Sarah is sent to the hospital to process the victim. And then we go to credits. We then go to Grissom with Catherine and Warwick. They are taking on a case that the DA can't make heads or tails of because it has passed so many different people's hands that no one knows up from down anymore. The day guy had been working on it, but he quit, and the prelim is in four days. So they have, like, four days to make some sort of sense out of this monstrosity of collection of evidence. It's kind of interesting, because we we work through these cases with them, but in reality, there's going to be a trial some months later. Yeah. And, you know, you really do have to, like, translate all that information to, yes, to the, an attorney to and stuff. And that's that's not really part of their job they often talk about or no. show a lot. No. But, and now here we have a situation where maybe things didn't go so well and somebody bails and, and you know, it's a, anybody who's ever worked in any office environment knows that at some point somebody has to get it done. <laughs> true story. It's a very true story. So then Grissom pulls Catherine out in the hallway. He lets her know that Eddie has taken out a second mortgage on their house because they're still in the process of getting divorced. They're not officially divorced. So Eddie went, took out a second mortgage. We then see Sarah at the hospital. The We learn the victim is a Jane Doe, meaning that we don't know her identity at this point. So John Doe are for male unknown victims jane doe is for female unknown victims so this is a jane doe actually you made me realize i should google this is there a non-binary or gender neutral version of jane doe i very much doubt it they're gonna if they found my body they would call me a jane doe and that's fine i understand that i am female presenting but as far as I know, there's not. And I would, I'd be very surprised if there was. Apparently, they use, the ter- they use very generic terms like person doe, subject uh, okay. doe. Subject doe. Okay. How about, like, pet doe? <laughs> Ash- Ashley doe. You know, use a name mm. that can be either way. So we learn that the victim has two bullets in her brain. And then we get a kind of processing montage where Sarah is processing uh, the victim and collecting evidence and there's just like this gentle music playing over it there's this like we i don't know how to like it almost sounds like music you would hear in like doing a gentle yoga session it's very i found it very odd i think it's supposed to humanize sarah in her collection of the evidence but i just found it to be a very weird composition i thought they were just trying to like make it very melancholy yeah, maybe you know that's I mean? it too. Yeah. Which I like, keep you emotionally intact to the, yeah. because she was obviously not going to have a lot of dialogue. Right. Yeah. There's not much to say in this scene, so maybe maybe that's what it is. So I do have like one note, mm. and I I was like, they kind of gloss over this, but there's, it's definitely going to be true that you cannot do like a sexual assault kit on somebody without identity without a warrant. Like I'm sure it's like a a formality to get from a judge. 
but like they're unconscious yeah. like they have family out there they have like someone on there out there has the right to say yes yeah. or no yeah it, it and so it's so invasive like could you imagine waking up yeah, and somebody that did that to you without your or anyone else's permission yeah it would fe- you would still feel violated yeah like a second a, time and that's, and that's like a oh I mean, it's obviously a scenario that you never want to plan for, but it's also not one that falls onto general, like, power of a turn. You know, like... Yeah. You know, like, my mom is my my power of attorney, and we've had conversations as far as, like, hey, if this I'm in I this want. scenario, please yeah. pull the plug and just, like, let me go peacefully into the night, and please don't, like, keep me... Which does sort of kind of play into later on in this episode, but that's not a... You know, we, I've never had to have a conversation with my mom where I'm like, oh, hey, if it, you know, comes up, like, let them say that they can yeah, do X, Y, or Z. Yeah, they can do X, Y, Z testing on yeah. me if I'm unconscious. Like, that's not a conversation we've had. And we've had some, like, uncomfortable conversations, but that's not one that we've had to have. So, yeah, I, this is, you're probably right that this would not be able to be done without, at very least, an order in order from a judge and my guess is yeah my, my guess is that's the kind of thing you just get you know what i mean like you go to a judge yeah, yeah, you get yeah. you get a warrant you're like hey especially i don't know i don't know enough to know what the clot like how important the timeliness is i yeah, assume yeah. it is important you know like the yeah, sooner I mean, you do it think, the better yeah but i wanted to bring that up because i also wanted to bring up the fact that i couldn't help but think is she gonna wake up in the middle of this no and I was like, well, this show would be a very different show. It would be a very different show if she woke like, up in the middle of this Excuse show. me, what are you doing? Yeah, it would be, be a very different show. I was like, that was the, that was the inner like uh, slapstick comedy, Nick. Yeah. Be like, it would be really funny if she just woke up right now. Nick is like, I really need this to be a little lighter. So like, if we could just have her wake up in the middle of it and have it be a ha-ha moment. But that's, that is not that what goes really, down. really would have derailed the plot of this it episode. definitely would have taken it in a different direction, 100%. We go to Nick Grissom and Jim Brass back at the scene where the body was found. They find casings. They also find a belt loop, which is made of denim, which is not from the victim because that is not a material she that she anything. was wearing yep she wasn't wearing there, any denim this is a great hat what are, what are, i should start give this a name like halfway csi like where they do stuff where you they clearly shouldn't be doing it where grissom's like hey nick come over here take a shot of this and there's like a that broken belt loop is under a rock Yes. And he, and he just the picks rock. the rock up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wouldn't you want yeah. to take a photo of that before? Yeah. Like, that rock is actually substantial evidence. A defense attorney yes. could argue that clearly this belt loop is older because there's a big yeah, rock, rock on, on it. Top of it. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, whether or not that has validity, I don't know. But they certainly could do that. So you could potentially lose the entire piece of evidence. Yeah. In, in a situation like that. We then have a short scene about scent pads. So they take they want to take the scent from the denim belt loop and save it onto scent pads to possibly use for dogs later on which we will circle back on they don't really talk about it all that too much at this point we then go to i I do want to i don't we get there maybe maybe you can harbor this but i will say so grissom alludes to there being some other little catch in this scene yes and when we finally got around to it i was like wait wouldn't brass have known that I think he was more so talking to Nick. Yeah. 
but he was there. It, it, it was just yeah, an interesting. Yeah, was there, thing. but I think the conversation was. Yeah, just it was. It, he was really talking to the audience. Is what he was well, doing, yes. right? He was yeah. saying, "He's yeah. saying, I got a little secret for you. Stay tuned after yes. the break. Stay tuned, audience." Because there was probably a commercial break right there too. I wouldn't be shocked. It would be a good spot for a commercial break. We then go to our other storyline with Warwick and Catherine. They're going over evidence. They have a quick talk about Eddie. And we learn that the shooter, uh, Mikhail, and the victim, Chucky Hastings. I thought you were going to be like, we learned that Eddie is a bad person. Well, again. we already knew that Eddie was a bad person. <laughs> yes. And he, he gets, he's very gross later in this episode. So we can spend some time in oh, a little yeah. while talking about how book he is, even though we already knew that. We're already well aware of it. So the beef that resulted in the shooting was over a motorcycle. Mikhail is saying that he defended himself wife the wife of the victim is saying that mikhail shot him in the back and then we also learn that the screwdriver that mikhail said that the victim lunged at him with and like stabbed him with is missing so we're missing this very critical piece of evidence in this case screwdriver mia we don't know bye-bye that screwdriver was like the biggest red herring in this whole episode i mean they do circle back to it a little bit but it ends up not well they don't find it no, they don't, they, don't, they don't Spoiler find alert. Spoiler alert. They don't also, find the screwdriver. It also, never comes back into play. There's a, like a red, like brand new $3,000 toolbox in the yard of this home, which is not, it's not a nice neighborhood, right? It's a poor, right. poor, poor, I think, poor I think we are situation. supposed to believe that these people are not Near, the most well-off individuals. Yeah. This is trailer park adjacent, right? Yes. I think they say that at some point. I wouldn't be um, if they did. And, and, but like that, I was like, that toolbox is worth thousands of dollars. So I kept thinking, like, they're going to like search the toolbox and find, and then I think there was going to be some weird thing. And I, I, I never really got a good grasp on where this case was going. So I never, I don't, I don't have a real prediction, but I will tell you, any idea that I had never even remotely came close. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so this was not a win in Nick's prediction column. So we go to Nick and Grissom with the ballistics expert. Uh, we circle back on the fact that two casings were left behind at the scene. And again, presto magic, their machines, they find a match to an earlier case. Yeah. Running it the, through their casings I was trying to, database. I was trying to figure out, I think they were, I mean, at that time, databases, I feel like they thought, were trying to figure out it was really cutting edge. But I like that part of the running into the database was loading like four images on screen every second for like yes. as if like it's actually doing image recognition that yeah, requires yeah. the screen it's, yeah, yeah. It's and it wouldn't just be like running in the background somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. with like a little like that's not the, fun to watch unless you, see, to, you need a visual representation for the tvs this is really going to date myself, technology-wise. Do you remember when you used to move files and, you, and Windows would open like a folder and you would see the paper float yes. to the air to another yes. folder? Because yes. it could take three minutes to move a, a file. Or like an hour, drive. depending on... Or yeah, if you're moving like a whole folder of music around your yep. computer, yep. it would you might as well do it before you go to bed at night. Yeah, and hope, hope by the time you wake up in the morning it's done. That's what that's what the I was like that's the that's what they should have had they should have had like a little, like a little bullet flying through the air from one case of ammo into a gun. Into like yeah. match found. Match found. Clippy shows up. Yes. Clippy. I've, I've, Clippy. I've found, 
like a clip of like a clip of ammunition. Yeah, a clip of ammunition. That clip. That clippy. Not the paperclip clippy. Not the paperclip clippy. This is just like a you know nine clip chamber of twenty two ammo. Yep. Yep. So we then go to Sarah in the hospital room. She finds the necklace of Saint Catherine. We. She kind of goes on a explanation of how tough St. Catherine was, how outspoken, how she was a supporter of science, how she was brave. And we're supposed to understand that Sarah is attributing these same attributes to the victim. So she is she is seeing the victim in St. Catherine. Grissom arrives. He... I found this to be a very strange scene. I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on it. So Grissom's in the hallway with this like super shocked look on his face while Sarah's leaning over the victim, promising her that she's gonna like find out who did this to her. You know, she promises, she promises. And Grissom has this like, oh, I don't know what to do about this yeah. face as he's like awkwardly standing in Creepily. the hallway. Very creepy. It's a it's a weird scene. I'm like Grissom, and I don't think this is the actor's fault. I'm not ups- upset at the actor here. I feel like the actor is getting. Very bad direction. Uh, I still, well, I still think they're trying to figure out who Grissom is, and there, there's some struggling going on. We're trying to figure out some, who Grissom is. There's some moments in this episode with Grissom where I'm like, what? So I think one of those, at least for me, immediately comes up. So you know, he's he's talking to Sarah, and he is recognizing that Sarah is fairly humanizing this living victim. Yep. And Grissom just looks at Sarah and is like, she's evidence. Yeah. Like, don't, why are you making a big so, deal of it, basically? She's she's evidence. And I'm like, wow, Grissom, that's a pretty terrible thing to say. Yeah, that was, that 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 is cool. I think that, like, comes up a lot. With, like, Grissom and Sarah, is he just says stuff that you just, like, a normal person, you'd just be, like, punch him in the face. Or, yeah. you know, like, he's like your friend, you look at him with, like, a drop jaw, shocked face, and be like, do you not just say that? You would literally be like, you're a sociopath. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? You are a sociopath. That's, yeah. I will say one thing. I have to give shout out to the cinematography of this episode. Okay. This scene, and there's an, at least one other scene later that I recorded this happening. This seems to be a technique they were trying to employ. So when Grissom comes, Sarah and the victim are on a green screen. You could see this little green yeah, fuzz yeah, yeah. around them. Yeah. Because if you were to shoot this and then have Grissom in the hallway, you could never keep them both in focus. Right. So I was like, I bet they do this all the time now. They're just way better at green screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than they used to be. But I was like, 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 why does this look so alien and weird and almost space-like to me? Yeah. Like the way they were doing yeah, it. Yeah, maybe that was part of why I just felt very uneasy about this scene like there's something yeah. i didn't notice that part of it but maybe that was contributing to yeah, my a, like oh the scene is really i off. think a Catherine warwick scene later where they do this again i, I didn't write that one down i i was but then i don't remember there being a third one but yeah it was like it was like i was like oh okay somebody thought they were really clever they're like oh we're gonna use so then you could also imagine now grissom had to act to nothing during that yes. scene which is probably why he has no real change in his emotion Right. right. It's up right. to the editor to align his mannerisms yep. or yep. the actual dialogue. Like maybe somebody was dry reading off the side, but it really was just a bizarre scene. It was a hurry. No, I, my, well, I think it's later on. The next time Grissom is talking to Sarah about this, 
he says something, and so I have a, I have a good comment on that. Okay. So All right. Yeah. No, yeah. It definitely comes back around. So we go to Catherine and Warwick arriving at their crime scene. They meet with the victim's wife. She initially claims that she saw the shooting, that like she was doing laundry, but she came out. She saw the shooting, and but then she kind of she kind of trips herself up or trips up her story. In that she then tells Catherine that she heard the first shot and then ran outside to and saw and witnessed the second one. But Catherine times herself running from like the laundry room to outside and is like, there's no way in like the time that you could get off a shot that she would have been able to make it here for the I, second shot. She's filling in the information. She didn't want... see the shooting, is their conclusion. As if like there might have been a reason he didn't immediately shoot one after another. Like, yeah, there could so, have been something that stopped him from shooting immediately one after another. So th- there's a few things here I want to talk about. So first, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to go get a stopwatch. She, it would took her 3.8 seconds to run outside. I want you to see how far you can get in your house jogging in 3.8 seconds. Pretty far. Farther than you think you can. They made it seem like she was in, like, a garage, and it was, like, one door to yeah. get out there. And yes. then she ran, she went outside, she went... Click 3.8 seconds. I went, where was this garage? How much of the house did you have to run through to get here? Because <laughs> I, my bedroom is very far away from the front door. So when people ring our doorbell, it takes me yeah. a while to get there. Yeah. But I'm never like jogging. <laughs> right. You know? right, 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 right. <laughs> Unless it's a drizzly order. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, so she, she drives out there. That was one, that was, that was like one weird, weird part of it. But the other part is like exactly what you said is, they do this whole thing like, oh, it's a semi-automatic. You'd fire off. If you think about like bang bang as fast as you can, it didn't. She didn't need to time anything. She right. couldn't have made it two steps. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, if it's not going to be immediate, then who cares? Like, unless it was a minute and a half. Like, right. how long is too long? I don't. I I don't know that I know what the answer is. Right. But it was like it was kind of a weird thing. They wanted. I think what they they were trying to do is just have a way to say okay she didn't see the shot yeah that's what you they know? were trying to get to but i this was not the best way to get around to that. but yeah it made it feel like okay this is kind of a dumb excuse yeah no i agree we then go back to nick grissom and sarah looking over evidence they realize that the other case the other the case involving the other the the casings was gang related and this is where we learn that gang shooters mark their kill by dropping their hats at the scene and because they find a hat in the evidence that belongs to a local gang and sarah thinks intelligently maybe we can get some dna off of this sweatband well we just like a well-worn hat so like let me go and and can we talk about the last episode where they went to a museum and got some hair out of a headdress that was like 40 years old? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, if this guy wore this hat, he probably got some hair in his hat and you could probably get some DNA. I don't think it was hair. It was, it was sweat from the sweatband because he yeah, wore but he would it have so had hair. He would have had hair in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I this, mean, you do wash your going, hats. This one they were going for sweat. Yeah, yeah. Then we go to, we stay on the same storyline. We have Nick Grissom, uh, Jim Brass, and we meet a detective from the gang unit, a one detective, Sam Vega. He is inciting that possibly this had to do with gang initiation. Like, normally the gang shootings are 
you know, can oh. stay to the neighborhood. But if this was like done on a totally random victim, that maybe this had to do with a gang initiation. Initiation. So they. He, he said that there's a couple of shootings a week. Yes. In a four-block radius. Four-block radius. (laughs) That's like. That's insanity. If you think of like a four-block radius, so like very small. Think of like the face of like a Rubik's cube is three by three, but it's a little bit bigger. It's four by four. Each one of like the edges is like a street, like your street that you live on, and all your neighbors that you think of as your next door neighbors. That would work out to four people being shot in that little section in your street every every week. That's how small a four-block radius is. Yeah. No, not well, every year. There would be four shot. There would be four people killed on your street. Not to mention four people killed on the street, one street over, to the north, to the south, the east, like in every direction. Yeah. I was like, that is, there's no way 100 people people are shot at in a four-block radius anywhere in the world that isn't a war zone. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was, that was just like a throwaway writing line. But I was like, I just, the math, or, the math guy in me was like, wait. Two shootings a week. Do you know how many shootings that is? You're like way more than there would be in this in this square footage of a neighborhood. Yeah. Well, it, it was fine if you didn't say four block radius. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Or or no, I think he says a two block radius or something. Mm, I think maybe uh, four. Maybe, I guess if it's four block radius, it's it's actually bigger. So maybe yeah. it's maybe it's only one person a year is shot in your street every year, and then one That's on the street next to you, and one on the street next to that, and one on the street. That's still you know, a lot. What time it takes you to walk to the bus, you'd walk by like nine crime scenes. Yeah, yeah. So they canvass the neighborhood. This is when we learn that the downside of using the dogs to search for information is that you can't get a warrant from a dog search. So if a dog has to like go into a residence to get evidence, you can't get a warrant to cover that evidence gathered yeah like if the dog is the reason you went in there yes it's not none of that evidence will be admissible. none of that evidence is like admissible in court so that's where we learn like oh yeah dogs are great but this is why we don't use them more often so we then go to work and Catherine talking to mikhail and his lawyer Catherine examines the wound from the screwdriver the lawyer confirms or yeah, I guess it's confirming Mikhail's, Mikhail's story that the victim was facing the client when the when her client shot him. And this is, and after they kind of walk out and they talk about like, oh yeah, I do think he got stabbed by the screwdriver. They're talking about how losing evidence is human error. Like, this can happen, right? They're talking about yeah. like, how can you lose a screwdriver? But it's just, you know, uh, and it is true. Evidence changes hands so many times that... It, it doesn't take much for human error to occur and something to happen to a piece of evidence. So as they're walking out, Catherine gets a call from Eddie. They have a short, tense conversation where she's basically telling him to rescind the second mortgage purchased on the house. We then have Warwick talking to Doc Robbins, and Warwick is questioning him about if he is entirely sure about the shooting being from the back to the front. So Doc no. Robbins in his in, in his assessment claims that both of the gunshot wounds were entered from the victim's back and then exited through the front. So they kind of have a, have a quick conversation about this. This is kind of hard to talk about to the very end, but I was trying to figure out a good spot. Mm. But I just want to make a sort of a mental note here. 
we'll come back to this. Okay. There's a lot of things about this case that end up when you get to the end, you're like, wait, why didn't somebody mention this? And Doc Robbins, he's one of those people that I, that there's something about these gunshot wounds that we will find out in a future scene yes. that I'm like, I feel like this is a more important piece of information. You would have brought this up as strange right. or unusual. Yes. And, and I just like, and like, in like, I, it's all in service of keeping the audience in the dark. But when we got there, I was like, oh, no wonder I had no idea where this was going because they just misled you. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. like yeah. the, the things that would have made it out, usually they're really good about like consistency. Like, and you go back and when I watch it the second time, I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, they did do it. They did like they, they did it the right way. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And this episode, when I watched it the second time, I went, nope. 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 <laughs> they just cheated. They gave you nothing. They cheated. Yeah. You know, they just changed the rules at the end. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah, it's that, that, that was, uh, but this Doc Robinson was one of the ones I was like, also, I looked for his coffee, coffee machine. Oh, his macchiato machine? His yeah. macchiato. It may have been there, but I didn't it see it. It might have been there. I, I did not keep an eye out for it. So we then go to Sarah searching on a computer. Kristen walks over. We learn that the DNA from the sexual assault kit taken from the victim matches the hat but they but there's no like hidden codis or in their like dna database to know who that dna belongs to i uh broke in my new shoes that's about it what the lab say the dna from the ball cap is a match to the semen we found in our jane doe but codis hasn't kicked out a name so you're just looking at missing persons reports we're not having any luck finding the shooter from his DNA with the belt loop, so I thought I would at least try and identify the poor woman before she dies. So Sarah is actively trying to ID the victim because she can't ID the suspect at the moment. I think she gets way too much flack for this, by the way, she gets in the scene. Way too much flack. For they this. should for sure be doing this. Yes. Imagine how much you can learn about this case if you can properly ID right. the, the victim. Like, because. They don't in, have all, motive, in, really. in all honesty, the vast majority, and it, this ends up not being the case in this crime, but in the vast majority of crimes, the person who commits the crime against you is someone you know. Yep. And I know they it's have very, this. It's very slight where it's like a totally random yeah. attack. Generally speaking, you are attacked by somebody that you know. And so it would make sense to identify the victim to find out if like they have an angry ex-boyfriend or they have an angry ex-husband or you know whatever it is that could possibly be a suspect in this case yeah so i know like also that they have this whole other gang like older case that they're following up on yes but there's no reason to think that this is a random gang initiation thing too Mm. that it could just happen to be the same person or the same weapon because there's actually no reason to believe it's the same person. Right. right? The, the same weapon, weapon has been bought and sold. Right. Like in a shady black market type yeah. situation. Yeah. And so like I, you still want to figure out who the victim is because some of the suspects and motives are going to be informed by the more you know about this person. Yes. 100%. Yep. And so Grissom instead like you're saying sort of like shame Sarah about this that she's trying to ID the victim yeah. and he's asking her if she has any diversions she's okay they kind of make her seem like a petulant child here and I and I don't mean that as a slight against 
the actor or against the character. I think they do. I think, again, this is another episode where they're not doing right by Sarah Seidel. They are do really Sarah not dirty. doing... They're doing Sarah dirty, and it really upsets me. And they basically yeah, I, paint her out to be, you know, obsessed with her work in a negative way. And, oh, look at this woman that has no life outside of her career. How how dare she be so focused on her career? We would be cheering if this was a guy so dedicated to his career. I feel like... I feel like Grissom, they already, like, have him pegged as the guy who's too obsessed with the career. And he's over here being like, do you have a diversion? And he's like, my diversion I is riding rollercoasters by myself, crying to myself <laughs> after I bribed the guy to let me ride alone at 1 o'clock in yeah, the not morning. Going, not going to therapy. Not he's not exactly. therapy. That's not healthy. Your solution is bad. And then it's like, like, what kind of... There's this whole thing with, I, it's like, it's like, what does you think you're going to like accomplish by some like random hobby? Yeah, it was so, Grissom is not the person to be having that conversation because no. he's the person who needs more diversions in his yes. life. His obsession, and he used to scratch roller coasters. I think he said something about his bugs. Or, and he said something about his crossword puzzles. Oh yeah, well he only kind of likes to do the, the semi-hard crossword puzzles yeah, on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, not the genius and, level, but... Yeah, I do also have to say that the whole Sarah, you're obsessed with work and everything, stands in stark contrast to calling her in on her one day off when she, she just wanted to win. sleep. She literally can't win. She tried like you call her in on her only day off, and then you're like upset that she's upset about having to be in on her only day off, and then you're angry that she like always clocks in over time and pick one which What's one that? do you want oh god why can't i remember this phrase what's it called when you uh, like tell somebody something that's not true and then try to convince them gaslighting yeah they're gaslighting sarah gaslighting. <laughs> it's like i was like oh you work too much you call me on my day off yeah you call me on my day off i can't have any hobbies because you make me work <laughs> it's like max, days a week. Yeah, like you max out your overtime i was like you're her boss man yeah. You don't have stop, to improve stop, the overtime. Stop calling her in on her day off, and then maybe yeah. she doesn't have to max out her overtime every month. Yeah, no, this whole scene is, like, in bad taste it's and in, in bad, bad execution. Yeah, yeah. And again, nothing against the actor. Like, yeah. I don't... I I think I think she acted well in this scene. I just think how this scene was composed was, was horrible. So we go to the other storyline with Warwick and Catherine looking at the shirt they realize that there is unburned gunpowder which leads them to some target practice and in target practice they realize that the distance between the first shot was two feet but the distance for the second shot was only one foot which contradicts everybody's story like this contradicts all the stories all the stories should say that the second shot should be further away than the first and of shot course was. of course we we know which shot was the first shot which was the second shot because doc robin said so because doc robin said so. okay yes yes just want to make sure yeah, 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 <laughs> they never they never explained that yeah nope they don't just just go with it just go go with it we then go to grissa making the decision to use the dogs for tracking nick thinks that grissom is rushing it for Sarah. So we have a very quick scene in the hallway between the two of them. We then see Sarah still searching, even though she had told Grissom she was going to stop. Obviously she didn't and she's like pouring a ton of sugar into her coffee. And she comes across a listing for Pamela Pam, sorry, Pamela 
Adler. I don't know why that name is tripping me up so badly. And we realize that 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 is our victim, is Pamela Adler, and she was out shopping. So we then kind of keep following this storyline. We go to the canines, sniffing and searching. Nick has to end up chasing after them. After, you know, doing their jobs and being good boys and girls, they end up targeting a kid who is playing basketball. His name is Tony, and crazy enough, he's missing a loop on his denim pants. So we have a spot the guest star here. Ba, ba, ba. It's been a while since we've had a spot the guest star. It has. So it's Tony, have you ever heard of the show Leverage? No, I have He's not. one of the main characters in, in it, which is another sort of Leverage okay. is like a bunch of people who are like fraudsters who work together and like Okay. Do good. I I watched it's a USA I had t-shirt. A, I had and again, I think we've talked about this on earlier episodes. So Sometimes, I mean, there will be very obvious, like, oh, spot the guest stars that I, like, I know are coming, that I'm going to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, I know that this is a a guest star. But part of my problem is that I have seen this show so many times that I don't know if someone looks familiar to me because I recognize them for someone else or just because I've seen this episode three or four times and they just look. And the other problem is, and I realized this, I was going to say spot the guest star with another, with the McHale guy because he's been on like every csi show and i've seen every csi show so i probably recognize him from being on csi new york and being on csi miami and being on bones and like all of these criminal shows yeah a lot of these people are on a lot of these different shows yes and that's why i was like oh that's why sometimes you sometimes you try to like confirm and i'm like oh yeah i do know this person and they're like oh i knew him for this one thing but they were also on 95 other things yes Oh yeah, but yeah. Also, so in leverage, addition yeah. to leverage, he's on something. Seventy-seven episodes. Yeah, he's a main character. He's yeah. a prime. He's like right. one of the top, the, yep. the four or five main characters. Okay. okay. But also, very recently, and th- and this is sort of like the spot the guest star. I was like, oh, it's the guy from Leverage. When I saw this, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, was in a recent comic book movie called Black Adam. Yes. And this guy, he plays Hawkman. Oh, which is okay. now he wears a mask for like most of it the most of it okay but you can imagine being like wait do i know what this guy is because he's wearing a mask yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's like seeing with the mask i was like oh i do know the guy it's the guy from from leverage so I, I saw him and he's so young in this compared to what i know him from but yeah and then i also uh i did look at his imdb he's in an episode of star trek short treks oh which okay. i've never seen or heard and i was like what is this and i clicked on it is this like strange new worlds before strange new worlds yes and no it's i i have not seen it oh, okay but it's like yeah it's like sort of like short stories about certain characters to kind of give you backstory on certain mm-hmm. characters but it's related to discovery and strange new worlds i think yeah it's, it's very interesting there's a couple other things that is imdb where it's like 20 episodes of this including something very recently which appears to which has kevin bacon in it and is set in boston which if you don't know lauren and i are the greater boston area we are well Well, now i'm further now now i'm further away from lauren Lauren, Lauren, recently was much closer to the greater boston area i was very close to the greater boston Um, area and i am not as close but i'm still reasonably close but yeah city on a hill is another show which i i don't know what uh thing it was on but he's He's the second build star after Kevin Bacon, which is a okay. hard thing to get get on top of. That was a yeah. Showtime show, okay. apparently. Right. 
Uh, I never watched a single episode. So, um, so that's our get st- about the guest star yeah. for this week. I didn't know if you would know him. I was kind of like waiting I, and again. I had, out. I had a moment yeah. where I was like, he looks familiar, it's not, but it's does not he look super familiar? Yeah. Because I have seen this episode three or four times. Yeah, it's not. It's not super big. I wasn't sure where it was going to come down. Yeah, I also was. It made me think about also that like a lot of the things I think are going to fall into spot the guest star would be interesting, because not only is this show like twenty years old, but like where am I going to know these people from? Are they going to be bigger stars when I knew them, like because they grew up into something else, or like is it not going to be really a thing because most of the shows I watched were around this time anyways or shortly yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not going to have a lot of small characters yeah, who there's are in one, things that I watched growing up. There's one spot the guest star that I'm super excited about, but it's not until like the 13th or 14th season. So we have oh. a long ways until we get to it. But I'm, I think you're going to be able to pick up who it is, but it's, yeah, well, I'm, maybe I'm very excited about it. It could be five years from now. So. It could be five years from now. <laughs> I mean, we just doing the math, it might, we're probably going to get to like three seasons a year. That would be like yeah. 60 weeks or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it could take a while. It could take a while, but I'm just saying. There, but there when we get one, there. There's one coming much later in the series, and I'm very excited for. So we head back over to the other storyline with uh, Catherine and Warwick. They are working with a self-healing dummy. They're, you know, st- Staking him through to show where the gunshot wounds, you know, the the trajectory. Thank you. I was like, trajectory? Trajectory of the bullets. And this is another CSI really needs an HR intervention because Warwick is standing behind the dummy trying to, like, get it angled in an appropriate action. And... Yes, it looks somewhat sexual. So then Catherine takes a picture and is like, ha ha ha, like, look what I have of you doing with this dummy. And I'm like, what? it's going. But this somehow wakes something up in both of their brains, which the to the audience, we have no clue what's going it's on. Not it's it it's not, not, not obvious. It's not obvious from the shot. It is not I think obvious they, at all from the I think shot. They, I think they should have blocked that scene better and put, put work in like the the position. Yes. Like yep. where he was in front of him or yep. like it, and even like put a hand on him or something. Yeah. And basically... then you could have been like, oh, yeah. But it, th- but I will say even rewatching this episode and knowing what the ending was, I was like, this scene really does not illuminate anything. It does for them. But for the, the audience, we're left like, what? Like, what, what are we missing here? Yeah. So, OK. So let me get into this. So I actually in that moment understood that he shot him in the back. By okay. being on top of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think, you know, fighting with my brothers growing up or something, you often, when you're fighting with somebody, end up with somebody punched over. Yeah, yeah, Right, yeah. and someone someone's on top, and you're punching them in the back or, or something, especially in sort of the scrappy, like, don't punch each other in the face kind of way that you fight with your brothers or your friends, right? But the other thing that happened in this scene that was kind of weird, so the, the, this goes back to the Doc Robbins uh, comment, these angles of these shots are so bizarre. Yes. Why would you not have, why would this not be something you called out in a report or talked about? Right. It's, when you think about like the guys walking away and you're shooting in the back, how are you going to shoot him from the top of his shoulder, shoulder, Damn. through his body down and out like at his waist? Yeah, yeah. Like you would have have to be jumping 20 feet in the air <laughs> to make that shot. So, and also like, and so it's like it's like if you're the person who's involved 
I, I think make kind of like an offhanded comment about this. But like we said, I shot him face to face. If you had like pulled, had somebody like bent over and you shot them, like you wouldn't have said I shot them in the front, right? You said they were fighting. He, you know, I was kind of on top of him and I shot him in the back. Like you would have known you shot him in the back. So like they, in order to have the mystery, they kind of just kept ignoring all of these facts is what yeah, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. And so on the second watch through, knowing it, seeing all the scenes, I was like, CSI, you have done a much better job of stuff like this before, where I've gone back and been impressed. This not time, this, not this time, I am not impressed. Okay. But yeah, and then this, yeah, so like the, the well, I did like the dummy and the, like the little lines through yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah. that was cool. That was something we hadn't seen yeah. before. Yeah. It was very helpful. But yeah, I think they really could have blocked that scene better where they literally just had work sort of even if accidentally being there. And then I also unfortunately have to admit that I thought it was really funny when Catherine took a, a Polaroid. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, also made work. me... I don't, even think, I don't think Polaroids were even that big in 2000 I don't anymore. Think so. I mean, digital cameras weren't that big. It's mostly like the CVS drop off your camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. get like, pay an extra dollar to get doubles. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But oh, I, I definitely, mean, people I definitely had a bunch of disposable cameras at my 21st birthday party just strewn about so that people could take, you know, pictures yeah, as they wanted to. But people had digital cameras, but not a lot. We head on over to Nick and Sarah watching Grissom and Jim Brass interrogating Tony. They are talking about the missing belt loop on his pants. We also learn, and I, again, I really, really need to organize my watching better because I don't know if this is true or not, but supposedly this investigation counts as a murder if the victim dies within a year and a day of the shooting. Yeah. Which sounds not true, because what if they get hit by, like, a car crossing the street? <laughs> like, and it just happens to be six months after this happens. Like, I think I, I feel I think like there the, has to be more legal jargon to this than... I think the, the idea is that, like, if she dies within a year... Because of, of that, then it's yeah, yeah. murder. If it goes beyond yeah. that, then it just becomes kind of like unrelated. Yeah, Her yeah. death becomes unrelated. Yeah, yeah. But Tony doesn't seem to really care that much. He's a juvie. She's not dead. He, he, he doesn't seem upset about the situation whatsoever. We then go to Eddie bringing Lindsay to HQ. And once Warwick takes Lindsay off to, you know, play some video games, Catherine and Eddie have a conversation. And this is where... who. Eddie says that the only thing that he robbed Catherine of was good sex. He's like, the only thing I've ever robbed you of was good sex. And I was like, was he, was he trying to flex there or just admit he's bad in the bedroom? You're terrible in the bedroom. If you have to say that you're good in the bedroom. Well, no, he's not even saying he's good. He's saying he robbed her of good sex, meaning he didn't provide it. I think he means like, she was good. I think he means that now he's not providing it. I wanted her to have but a much like, better comeback. But I like but I like your take on this situation. Is yeah, that, well, that he didn't allow her to have good sex for a long time because she was only having sex with him yeah. because he seems like a selfish and terrible lover from these conversations. Oh, yeah. He's probably drunk half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eddie ends up grabbing her. Grissom breaks it up. Of course, Eddie has to turn around and say, like, oh, I always knew you and Catherine had a thing instead of just accepting that he's being a dick and Grissom is breaking it up we then go to Sarah and Nick processing evidence Sarah is singing 
I bring it up because I don't I don't think this is ever brought up in later episodes, so this is not like a, oh, Sarah sings, and that becomes a normal part of her character. I don't think this is, like, ever brought up again. I just found it, again, strange. I feel like a lot of things were strange in this episode, and I felt like this was a, a strange detour from what was going on. But they realize that the belt loop lines up. So the belt loop that they found at the scene matches the pants that they took from Tony interrogation. We then go to... I was really dis- This is the worst fiber matching scene. Under oh, yeah, because you, like you, like you like a good matching scene. They, they, like they, a good really went, they really went for it in the first few episodes. Yeah. This time they were just like, yeah, yeah, no, it checks out. Yeah, imagine. It's perfect. She like, perfect match. I was like, you didn't show me anything. Yeah. I want to I see the exact ripped fibers lining up. That's fair. That's fair. We then go to Catherine and Warwick with the DA... This is where we learn how the shooting actually happened, wherein the victim lunged at the shooter, and so he shoots down because the guy was lunging at him. So his the first shot was in self-defense because the guy was lunging at him. He shoots down, and that's why it was through the back, out through the front. But the second shot was not in self-defense because he was already going down. So he was like falling down from the first shot and he went and shot him again in the back so first shot self-defense if it had stopped there he would have been in the clear but because he shot him again it was not self-defense it's murder yeah very unsatisfying very unsatisfying end to this uh, that's storyline that scene where they're like oh well they they had to shoot him like the second time there would be a pause now, now we're thinking about the fact that the the shots were not bang bang. You know what yes. I mean? Like, like yes. despite the fact he, that we had all this other evidence before, yes. he had a moment to like wait and realize that he was going down. He was no longer a threat, and he and he yeah. shot him again. So there and, was a delay between the first shot and the second shot. And and I totally get that they're they're going to try to prosecute him. I think this guy's getting off in the real world. Because they still, missing they're still missing, they're still missing ev- evidence. They mishandled it, and now they, now they're, now they're going to go in court. They're going to say, "Oh, the first shot was for sure in self-defense," yeah. and then they're going to say, "Well, the second shot wasn't." And the, and the, the crossing attorney is going to get up there and say, "You don't know if that second shot was a fraction of a second later. Right. You don't even know if it was accidental. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like." The, the he was still fighting to get alive. I was trying to pull the gun away. He, you know, knocked the. the I didn't even mean to shoot him the second time. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're gonna. You're gonna have to disclose all this. And so that guy getting away. But also, like, I feel like this is the part of this is the reason why there are juries. I think that there are gonna be people on a, a given jury who are gonna think about that situation. We were fighting. Sure, he literally attacked me with a screwdriver. And then you're gonna tell me that the first shot's okay, and that's a really self-defense. But, but the then, shot's not. but I'm not allowed to still be angry and trying to defend myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to like know that that was enough to put him down. I want, maybe I, yeah, when I'm like bleeding out, yeah, filled with adrenaline. Like there are gonna be people who are like, you know what? I hear what you're saying, prosecutor, but I don't think that's that that I don't think that that's murder, and that's why we have juries because it takes. A bunch of people to be think about these complex situations in a reasonable fashion yeah now i don't know what would happen you know I, they, they're not really getting into all of the evidence that they'll get no. into a trial but 
but it, but we've had a couple of these where they're like, oh yeah, it's a win for us, and I'm like, is it? <laughs> is it? I was like, good, good for you, I guess. I don't know. They're just really optimistic. So yeah. we head back to storyline A with Sarah talking to Pamela, who is obviously still in a vegetative state. Tom, her husband, is creepily in the corner, but then it's not creepy that he's there. I felt like it was a very weird introduction to him yeah, being it's, there. It's weird. Like just sitting silently in the corner while Sarah's talking to Pamela, and then he's like, and then he's just like you must be Sarah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's weird. It's probably also a little weird to him, this person he doesn't know is in there talking to his, talking to his unconscious wife. Yeah, yeah. So she ends up giving the necklace of St. Catherine to Tom. And Tom seems really appreciative of everything that Sarah's done. And he wants her to come see them in the rehabilitation center that she's going to be transferred to. So... We then go to Sarah crying to Grissom. She's upset because she realizes that the husband doesn't get it. That it's like, it's not like... I, I didn't She's going to be in a vegetative... Either. Yeah, like she's going to be in a vegetative state. She's not going to get better. This is, you know, not how this is going to go. And Sarah's also upset that Tony Thorpe is, you know, will be out of juvie in 48 months. Grissom... Not expressing any emotion is basically like, well, you gotta learn to live with it. You gotta let it. You gotta learn to let it go. Like, I don't. Yeah. What's the big deal? And Sarah, again, and I, I think I've said this in earlier episodes. I will say this in later episodes. Sarah is probably one of my favorite characters, so I, I also feel like I, I need to defend her sometimes, especially in these earlier episodes when I feel like they're trying to paint her in a bad way, but I don't think she should be painted in a bad way. Tells Grissom like, well, I wish I didn't feel anything. Which fair? Like your job. Shots is fired. Have... That's Shots my last. Fired. That's my last note. Shots yes. fired. Yes. Like you know, must be nice to just be able to like turn my... those emotions off and just do your job totally analytically so... and with no you know cares. I wanted to be like my diversion is giving a rats. <laughs> <laughs> it's not riding roller coasters by myself and crying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I would love it if like five episodes from now she's like. Grissom, you need a diversion. <laughs> it is great. I don't think it, it happens. But. I think like she's as passive aggressive as I am. All right, so I, we, do, I do have to say I did look up a year and a day rule. Okay. okay. Is is kind of maybe a thing. Okay. It's a common law English thing. Okay. It has had, there are some notes. On, there's a Wikipedia article about it. So it's, oh. it's enough of a thing for the Wikipedia article. There is some allusion to it being a successful defense uh, at different times but also like being struck down or extended and there's a good note at the end that basically that there's such a difference in medicine today compared to when we think of where english right. common law comes from yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's much more likely that somebody could survive like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they could she could the, the pamela could die two years from now and you should be able to yeah, yeah, yeah. still charge them a murder. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's a, that's a real thing. I don't know if that was a thing in L, in Vegas at that time, but I think they, they mentioned one thing in the article that is recently as 2003, the Supreme court upheld the year of Wisconsin upheld the year day rule okay. in a case before, okay. but then, but then literally abolished it for future cases. <laughs> They're like, all right, last time guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, La- we'll I, slide this no, time, time, but then that's it. 
And All right. there's some weird rule. There's some weird uh, note here about the uh, President Reagan's assassination. Oh, and I guess maybe when he died, died they, they, they put his cause of death, 33 bullets, <laughs> or, or the bullets fired from 33 years ago. Oh, jeez. Which is like a weird piece of trivia. Yeah, that's strange. So I know we've talked about it a bit throughout the episode, but Nick, what were your thoughts on this episode overall? I think the first time I watched this episode, I was kind of, I was a little bit more middle of the road, and then I watched it again, and it only went down. Mm-hmm. I, for a lot of the stuff I've talked about before, where I was yeah. like, I, I, I kind of was giving them, I think, the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? There are, yeah. there are, there are moments in this episode that I really like, but on the whole, like, this would not make it into my list of episodes to rewatch. If this was, if I was, like, surfing TV and this came on, I would flip to the next channel. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I think I'm also not thrilled with this episode. I think a big part of why I love CSI is because of the characters. And I feel like overall the characters are either downplayed or done really dirty by CSI. Like, Grissom yeah. comes off looking like a sociopath. Sarah is villainized for caring about a victim and then Nick and Work are just kind of like there. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna like, say Nick is like Nick is hardly in this episode. Yeah. He's they've been really like putting him in the back burner. Yeah, and I mean, I think Catherine's probably the only one that like gets some decent like you know we get a Even little bit more. Even the Catherine her. Eddie scenes were kind of weird. They were episode. uncomfortable. And they did a much better job of those in earlier episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I have this feeling at the end of this episode that I really look forward to season two now. Because a lot of show like this show, the show like blew up. I remember this oh, yeah. being a show that blew up, and I've looked at the ratings before. And I think at this point, they're just trying to get an episode out every week because it's one of the biggest shows in CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But next year, they will have time to work on the plot and the character yeah. development. They will spend time between yeah. seasons, yeah. and they will have all the money they need to do it because yeah, yeah, yeah. the network will. We'll write them a we'll, blank. Yeah, yeah, we'll let we'll, them have it. They're going to be an 8 o'clock slot, and, you know, they're going to be one of the number one shows in the, yeah, yeah. the network next year. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see is all the good things from the current writers, and uh, they're going to have people to help fix and, and really figure things out. But they also have had time to breathe and think on it, which is probably something that they've been missing, Yeah. you know, right? And so, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm sure there'll be other great episodes this year, but knowing how long the show went on for, you know, knowing that people like you like the show passionately i have a feeling there would be a decent step up in in overall quality i think in later seasons and so i I, and so now i get kind of excited for that because i do like the show most of the time you know what i mean and like some of the episodes i'm kind of like eh and i i really learn a lot when i by watching it for a second time like you really learn like whether I feel like this episode I started to watch a second time. I, I started, I was like, oh, I have to watch it again because we're recording tonight. And I was like, oh, this episode, I was like, this episode is not an episode that deserves a second watch. And I went, <laughs> that basically summarized how I feel about this episode That's more fair. than I thought. And then when I was watching it and, and everything that I was looking or hoping for it wasn't there. I was like, oh, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I wrote, I, I almost always have notes from the second wa- watch through. I have like no notes from the second watch through. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it's always weird because I've I've gotten into this habit of leaving big blank spaces in my notes. Yeah, so you can fill. So I can keep them organized because otherwise it's too hard. Yeah. Or I'll do like a left and right page. It depends. But this time it's like there's so much empty space on my notebook because I never wrote anything between the margins. Well, we'll see how we feel about next week's episode. What's we'll be back with season one, episode seventeen, facelift. facelift. And in the meantime, this is a, not a nip tuck crossover. It is not. No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon a CSI Podcast. You can find us on Twitter slash X, unless Elon Musk starts charging for it, and then we're not going to be on there anymore. We'll we'll see how that sure. goes. But for now, we're on there. You can find us there on Instagram or threads at whoareucsipod. You can also reach out to us via email at whoareucsipod at gmail.com. And feel free to use the hashtag whoareucsipod to get our attention on social media and maybe get a shout out on the show. We'll see. So that's it. And we'll see you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs>